and uh, going live on Facebook. This meeting is being live streamed. Hi, everybody. It's Humble and Fred. We should have been recording uh, that last conversation. We, Freddie and I just spent the last 10 minutes geeking out about the uh, new Noom weight loss program that we're on. You may have heard us uh, talking about it yesterday. It's funny. You know, it's strange how these things come up. Uh, in case you didn't get the information, you can sign up for your trial and get a psychology-based support and motivation system to reach your goals at noom.com slash HF2022. That's noom.com slash HF2022. Having said that, we just had like, what, 10 minutes about how we're enjoying this uh, this psychology-based approach? Yeah, it's a very, it's extremely in- interesting Um I mean, forget the fact that you're. <laughs> it's going to help you lose weight. It's a very, very interesting uh, program. Yeah, people that have known us over the years, Van Fred and I have had uh, all kinds of uh, you know experience in, in different you know diets and things like that. That's not what this is, and it's funny because I. And I'm just being honest, you know, about two weeks ago, I said to Freddie, I I think one of us better try this or I should look at it because we're going to have to start talking about it. Mm -hmm. And then I just filled out, you know, the application. I filled out the onboarding thing. And then pretty soon I I just started doing it. And before I knew it, it's just really simple to use. And and it's interesting. Like the first thing you said to me is, man, this thing is fascinating because without really thinking about much other than, you know, logging your meals and doing a few other things. It really just before you know it, you're you're into it, and it's it makes you I think for me more mindful. Well, that's it. Uh, learning about food—that's the fascinating fascinating part for me. Uh, they categorize foods like green, yellow, and red, and uh, you know based on calorie density. But again, that's these are all things you learn. Mm-hmm. But it really, you know, it it really comes into focus what food is all about. And, um, you know, how it affects you. And it's uh, it really was something to learn over the past couple of days, you know, what foods are better than other foods and why and uh, why you should eat more of this than that. The fact that you don't have to be hungry and you aren't on and on. It, it really is something. And one of the great pleasures I've had over the past couple of days, you know, some of your favorite foods, you search it out and you find out it's not as bad for you, maybe, as you thought it <laughs> no, was. No, exactly. You know, one of the things about the app is, and the, and the system is you find out that, you know, like, foods aren't good or bad. I mean, some aren't as good for you, but you can find the foods you like. You're not restricted. You know, it's like, oh, mm-hmm. I can never have a burger and fries anymore. You can if it's inside of your, you know, sort of daily uh, allotment. But pretty, like, one of the first things Fred and I said, this is the honest truth. Honest, the first thing we said today when we said hi was, I didn't get all my calories yesterday. I was about 60 no. calories short. You were a few calories short. It's like I ate everything I wanted to yesterday. I had a snack, breakfast, all of it. And I got to the end of the day after dinner. I'm like, I still have a couple hundred calories that I had to figure out. I had some grapes and I had something else. But that's the funny thing is within a very short time, your awareness goes up and, and it's so simple to use. Um, yeah, it is. I was surprised. Can I? I'll tell her. I'll, I'll start. I was a hundred. No, hundred and ninety two five, which is about a couple pounds heavier than I like to be. And in the ten days since I started the program, I'm down almost two pounds as of today. So that's eleven days I've been doing this. When you are you okay telling what your weight yeah. was? Because I was surprised. Mm-hmm. So give us your normal, like in a normal day. I'm uh, sorry, normal time in your life. You're usually around what weight? 
around the, the mid seventies now or mid one seventies when I uh, like last last winter I gained a little bit of weight through Christmas so I in the spring I was one seventy two one seventy three. So when you asked me what my weight was the other day, I said, oh, I don't know. I'm feeling a little heavy. So I'm thinking 176, 177. So I added a couple and I said, ah, I'm probably around 179. Yeah. And then I had my first weigh-in and I was 184 pounds. Wow. Which is 11 pounds up since the spring. But the th- here's the deal. Like, I mean, a lot of that was Christmas. You don't want to blame Christmas, but I ate so many mixed nuts and on and on and on and drank beer. Um, yeah, so it was great incentive for me because at first I thought, geez, do I need to lose enough weight to go through the program? Well, yeah, 11 pounds. Yeah. A guy my age should not carry that much. So I've set my goal weight at 170, and I want to be back around where I was last spring, and I'm comfortable. So well, that's we had my the, strategy. Yeah, here's the thing. And I, I again, I didn't think I, I started doing it thinking, OK, well, I better have some. You know, I better be, un- be able to understand this program so we can talk about it. And I thought, okay, I'll try it. And then pretty soon I sort of, you get into it and it's fun to do. And that's the other thing. It's easy and it's fun and you'll almost lose weight if you just follow the program, which is, again, easy and fun. Um, one of the things we talked about, though, is the uh, things that sneak up on you. So mm-hmm. very quickly with inside of the inside of the Noom app, you'll learn, you know, how many calories are in certain types of food. Mm-hmm. And you talk about, you know, I think most people know you need about 3000 to 3500 extra calories over your normal amount of food to gain one pound. Mm-hmm. And you were telling me the uh, mixed bag of nuts. Well, those things you get at Costco, the mixed nuts, I don't get the salted ones. I get unsalted. But I probably uh, ate a container and a third of that over the holidays. Like, I would sit down watching a football game and, <laughs> like, eat a third of of one of those uh, jugs or whatever you want to call them. Yeah. And then you do the calorie calculation. I, Howard, like, in one of those containers, <laughs> there's thousands and thousands. Like, a handful is 400 calories. Yeah. So the whole thing is thousands and thousands. That alone, forget about the the Guinness beer and the, some of the other uh, and dolls I bark. Was drinking. Yeah. Well, I'm the same way. I was telling you, I'll sit, I'll watch golf all afternoon, four hours sitting there. Oh, that's the other thing, too. You'll eat those nuts. You'll sit there watching football. You'll drink the beer, but you won't actually do any activity. So now you're not burning any calories. You're just adding more. Mm. So here I am thinking, oh, I'll just, I'm watching golf. I'm going to eat some healthy snacks, and I'm eating sunflower seeds. Then I go and look at sunflower seeds, a quarter of a cup of these spits that I eat are like 130 calories. So I'm burning through a bag of these, you know, 1,500 calories in an afternoon. Listen, you're going to hear us talk about this over the next year or so. And I think, you know, all we can tell you is, you know, it's the new year. If you're thinking about this and you've heard of Noom, yeah, you have. uh, Start building better habits for a healthier long-term result. Sign up for your trial at Noom.com slash HF22. That's Noom.com slash HF22. And I think you'll find, like us, that it is uh, an easy, uh, a smart, fun, psychology-based approach to losing some weight mm-hmm. and learning about food. And then you'll start, you know, you'll start to figure it out yourself. But this thing yeah, will the help lear- you. The learning aspect is, uh, again, it's very, very interesting. And logging the food is really easy. And here's something I found out yesterday, a neat little twist on it. I knew I was going to my mother-in-law's. I knew I was going to be having curry and rice. I sort of figured out how much I was going to have, did the calculation, right? 
I put it in before I even ate it. Wow. That gave me a picture of the rest of my day. So if I do this at my mother-in-law's, what's the rest of my day going to look like? Yeah, and, so then you act, and then you act accordingly. You know, there's an old phrase that uh, says, awareness is curative. And that's what Noom is. It's awareness. And uh, by virtue of that, you know, it becomes curative for your weight loss issues. It's not going to be a, you're not going to be denying yourself anything. Uh, start building better habits. Sign up for your trial at Noom.com slash HF22. That's Noom, N-O-O-M dot com slash HF22. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by GigSky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Health Gauge, Canna Cabana, GoDaddy, and our newest sponsor, Noom. Start building better habits for healthier long-term results. Until next time, I'm Dan Duran. Oh, this is the end. And this show has made me rethink oh, many of my long <laughs> beliefs. <laughs> Well, that's the show, everybody. Thank you. Thanks for coming in. Oh, that's what you were looking at. I played the wrong one. All right. Whatever. People know the show has started. Bob McCowan uh, joins us today. Yeah, I, I know that was a long... I don't know how to put this up. Listen, people know we're in business. They're, we're being paid to do this thing, but we're telling you the truth. Both of us. It's the first thing we talked about today for almost 15 minutes before we got on the air, or before we hit record. I don't even know what we're doing anymore. Uh, it's fascinating, man. Like, I can tell you, I have felt better. You said something, and I, I, I agree with you. Like, I've been sleeping pretty well, but I've been snacking at night. My biggest, my biggest issue has been after dinner, which is usually fast food. That's another thing, man. In the last 10 days... You know, I eat a lot of fast food. Where I live, it's fairly, you know, I can walk uh, 30 steps and have the best jerk chicken you've ever had. I can walk another 30 steps and have the best Portuguese chicken. So it's it's very, you know, it's easy. I'm lazy. It's night. I'm like, oh, what am I going to eat? I'll just go next door and have this amazing food that somebody has made. Not It's not McDonald's. This is like a human being has made it. And it's, the problem is it's so much, so high calorie and it's so... You know, once in a while, it's fine. But in the last 10 days, I've basically made every meal I've eaten. You know, it's, it's something I've, as opposed to fast food, which is, you talked about inflammation. I've definitely less inflamed. And I think it helps you sleep better. Yeah. You know, and it's all about portions, too. You talk about fast food. I have a neat little, like you do, I have a neat little jerk chicken place over here. Well, if I get the small thing like most people get, normal people, yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> it fall no, it falls nicely within a day. I'm only laughing because you said normal people. I'm the same way. I order. If way I too get much. the dinner serving, which I always do, yeah, literally according to Noom, it's like eating twice. Yeah, and that's the <laughs> that's my problem. Always has been my problem. Always will be my problem. And another key thing is a good glass of water after you've eaten too. I've noticed that. Uh, really helps well i put in my but that's one of the things that noom has you do put in your water goals i i, I mean I, during the golf season you know i'm drinking water all the time but that's another thing i've noticed that i come the fall winter i just don't seem to do it so there's breakfast snack lunch snack breakfast snack lunch afternoon snack dinner snack so six times a day I just drink a full glass of water with those meals, and I've put in my water goal as being sort of nine cups a day. So I'm trying to get myself hydrated again, which also does two things. It lowers your inflammation, and it gives you – it just – 
it makes you more, you know, you, it's your skin feels different. You know, it's like all of a sudden I'm less dried out. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, McAllen's on our show today. Uh, that's the big guest, the Gig Sky guest of the day. And um, yeah, I hope that was uh, not too. I know that sounded like a long commercial, but it's also something that we're interested in. And we think that would be yeah. valuable for other people, too. So, yeah, and it's, it's not going to be we're not going to do that every day. This no. is sort of this is sort of an introductory thing, and two men in our sixties. And you know, I talked about this other the other day. We talked about it. You know, guys in their sixties with the big boilers and how dangerous that is. And you know, you know, some of the reading on Noom, you know, it just highlights how dangerous that is. So I mean, hey, we're this is a favor to all those guys out there. You know, middle aged that listen to the show and are looking down and. You know, their guts playing crush with their dick. Well, you might want to think about this. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah, well, speaking of inflamed and guys in their 60s, one of the things I noticed, and maybe you did too and others, but the pictures of Bob Saget recently, mm-hmm. you know, he he looked fine, but he looked a bit inflamed. Bloated. Like, pardon yeah. Bloated. Bloated, exactly. Mm-hmm. Jowly, bloated, inflamed. Mm-hmm. And and that also kind of got me thinking about, you know, this is a good thing for me to do for a lot of reasons. Right. Because what I was going to say is I'll, I would have my sort of meal, you know, jerk chicken, Portuguese chicken, great pizzas, amazing uh, Middle Eastern food. There's a, a Korean place three blocks from here. That's the best food, I've, best Korean food I've ever had. And then I would sit and snack after that. So I'd have and I'm like you. I don't just go and order the jerk chicken. Like, here's the difference between you and I and Dan Duran. Dan Duran will have a portion like we'd go get a jerk mm-hmm. sandwich mm-hmm. and that would be enough for him and maybe a little coleslaw and rice. Not me. <laughs> I got to have, because I always think, well, that won't be enough. I'll have the jerk mm-hmm. sandwich, same as Dan, and then I'll have like six wings, six jerk wings just on the mm-hmm. side. Now, Dan would go along with it and have a few of them, but he wouldn't do that at the rate you and I would do it. No, no, because here's the thing. You're going to have situations where you're going to step out. Like with I'm Dan and Darren in the summer, and sometimes we get together for dinner, we'll get big steaks, which I know would blow Noom to pieces. Oh, yeah. You know, as, as far as the Your red entire day's go. food. Well, Dan will sit and eat that, but the thing is, the next six days of the week, he'll sit down in front of a plate that looks, again, like a normal person. Yeah. And one other observation, whenever I go into this jerk uh, chicken place, most of the guys around me ordering, like it's always busy, they're ordering the regular size small one. The odd guy will come in and get the dinner size. And then I've, Howard, I've stood there many times and thought, that's enough for those guys? Like, how do you, <laughs> honestly, I've, sat, I've stood there and thought, how do they eat that and still like not feel like I they're full or something? I, you know, that's you know, overeat. But when the reason they call it a psychology based because uh, and, and, and as you there's a bunch of articles to read and I've been reading them because you sort of unlock the next article and one of the things they talk about is cognitive awareness, just what you said. See, I know that I you know some people have a fear of missing out, which I'm sure I mm-hmm. do, but I have a really strong fear of not having enough. I don't know where it comes from, mm-hmm. but I I literally don't think. Like Rachel would tell you, I always joke like that. Like I always say, can I have a man sized portion? <laughs> but mm-hmm. because I think, well, maybe I'll be, I won't have enough food, but I always have enough food. But I, if for some reason, when I'm making those choices like you, like I go to that jerk place and I order the dinner, which is good enough for two people, 
for myself. And here's how I know, because when I order fast food, they often give me two sets of utensils because they think it's for two people. Oh, really? Oh, Absolutely. I've, I've had that joke. Fatty, a couple, fatty too. <laughs> I've had that joke hey. a couple times. Well, I'll order something and they just hand me two sets of utensils thinking, well, that can't just be for you. Hey, I knew I had an eating problem when they gave me my own drive-through lane at McDonald's. That's right. Mm-hmm. Why, well, speaking of my love, there she is. I was just talking about how you used to not give me enough food. Oh yes. <laughs> She's like, oh yes, oh yes. It's not enough food for Hoobie. Uh, all right. Well, let's get uh, some other things started because there is some other stuff we're doing on the show Hi, today. Guys. As I say, McCann will be guys. here. Hi, uh, I've got a great bit of audio from the guy that plays the father on Succession. Uh, Brian Cox, I think, is his name. And uh, a new uh, show we started watching last night, Rachel and I, I got to tell you, it is so good. You're going to love it. So I will tell you about a show called The Righteous Righteous Gemstones later in the show. Uh, We got a couple of emails here to get started. Uh, Let's talk about, uh, well, let's, let's pass over the tushy. And get uh, to the freezing expressions, and we'll come back to the tushy. That's the one that you were talking about yesterday. Yeah, because I'm, I'm, I'm going to take issue with you on that, something that was said yesterday. So we'll get to that. Hi, guys. All right. Okay, James Needham. No, I thought you were going to do the one for the guest. Uh, hi, guys. I think the freeze your nuts off comes from the expression. Oh, that one. Oh, okay. Yeah, there okay. was one above it, but okay. I yeah. get it. Uh, Hi, guys. This is from Jeremy Long. I think the freeze your nuts off comes from the expression cold enough to freeze the balls off a brass monkey. That comes uh, from war times uh, with uh, cold cannonballs. Uh, What's he saying? That comes from in the war, the thing that hold... Can yeah, you help me with this? Yeah, well, he does, he's missed a few words, but basically it comes from war times where that, that cannonballs was a... The thing that holds cannonballs was a brass monkey, is what he's trying to say. And when it's really cold, it shrinks and the balls fall off it. Okay. Thank you, Jeremy. Two lessons there. Number one, uh, proofread before you send. And secondly, uh, when you're on the podcast, proofread before you deliver. Both uh, very fine. Hi guys, because uh, you used to be a program director. Hi guys. Uh, what, so do you want? Is the thing you you had uh, you took uh, exception with me? Is the tushy thing? Yeah. Okay. So let me read it first, and I'm going to tell you. I've now had three tushy experiences. Uh, this is from uh, Ed Weber. He says, "Good morning, guys. Howard, I'm glad to hear that you're enjoying the tushy bidet. I bought one during the great toilet paper shortage of 2020, and it's been a life changer." In combination with my squatty potty, every dump is a great one. Happy shitting, says Ed. Thank you, Ed. Hi, guys. That's fantastic. No, it's just yesterday when we were talking about that, I said, you know, when it goes up there on your anus, does it, uh, give- does it give you a bit of a chub? Yes. And you seem to like, like what? Well, why'd you have to go there? What are you talking about? I'm just well, jerking your chain. Uh- Okay, but I, I did a little research. The anus is an erogenous zone. The anus, yes, there are tons of nerve endings there. And if you touch it the right way, whether it's finger, a tongue, a penis, whatever, you are stimulated. It doesn't say water, but I'm just assuming that's the same thing. So <laughs> well, I, when I said that, I yeah. mean, again, thousands of nerve endings. And I just thought, is there a little bit of a shot there where it's like, ooh, beyond the fact I'm getting clean, Am I liking this? Well, two things. Uh, mm-hmm. A, great research. 
you know what it be? You know what it does? I because I've had uh, including this morning. It, mm-hmm. it works so well, and, and you know, I have a. There's a much longer story. I don't want to get into it now, but at some point, I'll tell you about when it was given to me on Christmas. My reaction made my daughter Charlie cry. I don't want to talk about it, but it did. Oh, it's a long. Anyway. I really, I've, I've used it now three times. It's really easy to use, but I guess the reason it didn't seem like it was a, a sexual thing, although I get it. Some people might like water shot up their bum, and it makes, <laughs> it might make them excited. But because the water is coming out of your, you know, it's, it's, it's the cold water return. It's not, you're not getting hot water. So what it does right. is it cleans the area, mm-hmm. but it, it's almost a little bit, it feels a little bit numb. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's not super cold, but it's it's cool. I get it. Yeah, but so I can tell you numbing. this. Yeah, all right, I get it. Yeah. I this is a true story from the world of Tushy. I had a shower today, and wouldn't you know it? When I was finished my shower, I had to do my business. Like mm-hmm. oh man! But I sat down on that thing, did my business, cleaned it out. Mm-hmm. This is a true story. I mm-hmm. I literally didn't even need to use the toilet paper. I just, uh, you know, after having cleaned it again, sparkling, just used a towel. Hey, that's right. May, they must have done really well during the first ray, uh, wave of the of the uh, pandemic. Because well, remember, you you couldn't get toilet paper. That's what Ed Weber was saying. The great toilet yeah. paper shortage. Yeah, right. That's anyway, right, Ed. Yeah. let's Hi go guys. to uh, James Needham, our buddy, who uh, moved to uh, an island and came back, and uh, now he's got a thing to say about something. It's the one right okay, below. Where, I'm sorry? It's the okay. one right below the tushy I'm, one. I'm having real big tr- problems scrolling this, Howard, for whatever reason. So it's the second email. It says okay. Vax tweet. Uh, Hope all is well. Right on. Okay, I'm go. sorry. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, James Needham. Hi, guys. Hope all is well. I see. I saw this on the Twitters and thought you would find it funny, but also well done. I've been vaccinated four times and also had my flu shot, so I'm now more a vaccine than I am man. Stay strong, my friends. And then he sends along a uh, Twitter video or something. He says, uh, P.S. I hope nobody is giving you two a hard time about uh, Phil. Um, you know, I've had to let people go several times and it sucks. There you go. Uh, what he sent us, uh, and maybe some of the audience have seen this. It's this guy at a Dallas City Council meeting. And he's, I can't tell if he's a doctor. I can't tell if he's an anti-vaxxer. He's kind of a lunatic, but he's singing this. You gonna get corona from Mona. Don't vaccinate. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. You gotta vaccinate in a lone shot state. Vaccination is so great. Vaccinate me all day long. Anyways, this goes on and he's a lunatic. If you, you, some of you have already seen it. Uh, like I said, I can't tell if he's, you know, for or against. Um, okay, uh, I think that's it. That other thing is a bit more complicated. Let's, uh, let's move on. No, that guy, we'll acknowledge that. Ara yeah. Burns, just how much he enjoyed the Dr. Brian Goldman interview Oh, right, yesterday. right, sorry. And then sent us some stats on, um, you know, the unvaccinated. You know, that's a thing that just aggravates me through all of this. People still go, oh, you know, you're vaccinated and you can still get it. What's the use of getting the vaccination? I don't know what it's going to take to get through these thick-skulled people. That it lessens almost like 10 times your chances of going to the hospital or ICU. That's what it's all about. Yes, mm-hmm. originally with Delta, they thought the vaccine 
would prevent you from getting it? Well, moving target, uh, Omicron's a bit different, but it's going to keep you out of the hospital. So, again, get vaxxed. And the statistics are there. If everybody was vaccinated, where we'd be in this pandemic? Yes, people would be in the hospital, but not nearly to the numbers they are. And that's our Burns and our Burns. Thanks very much. We acknowledge you. We appreciate you. If you want to get a hold of us, it's pretty simple. It's uh, Humble and Fred at humbleandfredradio.com. I know. I, I know. We still have radio inside the the email, but whatever. Um, there are other people that help this program, you know, get started. And, of course, I'd like to acknowledge one of them right now. You do that. Um, stand by. Are you going to call McCowan now, or you want to wait a couple minutes? Uh, I can't. Uh, yeah, GoDaddy, man. It's cool talking to Jill Schulenberg the other day, finding out more about GoDaddy, powering small businesses and entrepreneurs for over 25 years, servicing over 20 million customers worldwide. GoDaddy is where people come to get a domain, create a website, and everything else you need to get business online. There's no better time than now to get your idea online. With GoDaddy, you can find your domain, easily create your website, and finally bring it to life. With GoDaddy's free and friendly 24-7 phone support, they're also here to help you every step of the way. You can even start your website for free. That's right. With GoDaddy, no credit card is even required. Find out more by visiting GoDaddy.ca. You know, when I was a... uh, I've got Fred potted down right now because he's talking to McCowan. When When I did mornings... I'm sorry, when I did All Nights in Vancouver, I'm just telling everyone that what you're doing what you're doing reminds me. When I was doing the All Night Show in Vancouver, part of my job was to call the morning guy and make sure he right. was awake. You know, I'd make a call at 4.15 or 4.30 in the morning. Uh, all right, so I've done GoDaddy. What are you going to do, friend? Well, I'm going to tell you about the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. Uh uh, chamberplan.ca is where to go. Your small business can have a benefits package. It is possible. You can do it. You can join 30,000 other Canadian businesses. You know, they've been around for 40 years. This program works. Again, a bunch of small businesses get together. They have the profile of a big business. Then all of a sudden, these things are affordable. It's actually a brilliant, brilliant uh, idea. Uh it's prescriptions, it's dental, it's uh, certain kinds of therapy. They have a teledoc system. Uh, you're covered like a blanket with COVID. On and on and on. Go to chamberplan.ca, see all the testimonials, how this has worked for other small companies. I mean, you can even contact these people and ask them, hey, has this worked for you? And the answer will be yes. Chamberplan.ca. I was just making uh, faces of Rachel. She's walking by. Um, oh, you've got you've got you've got a Yoko situation today, eh? <laughs> Did you hear that? No, she just walked by getting a coffee. She's going back upstairs. Because yeah, uh, I saw you, you kept kept looking over and making gestures and uh, and stuff. I thought, oh, yeah. she could end up sitting right beside you. <laughs> she could. You know, it's so funny because I, I I don't know how to tell this, but you know, Rachel's Stan has been in Rachel's life for you know the last four years, mm-hmm. and she loves Stan. So like sometimes like she it's like she loves Stan more than she loves me. Like she's very affectionate. She's like boo boo Stan, my baby. So I just as I said to her, she was walking away. I said, I love you. And I said, you know, I love you like the way you love Stan. Mm-hmm. 
speaking, speaking of, you know, I'm very close with Dan's dog, Clifford. I know you are. Well, last week, Clifford had some issues, and given his age and everything, I was very, very concerned. I didn't like what I heard, and I thought, well, you know, he's a labradoodle, and he might, you know, the best before date might be here. Yeah, he's 12 years old. So I was upstairs in the kitchen, I was telling Delise, and at one point I said, do you think that, do you think it would be over the top if I asked Dan if I could see him before he goes? Like, if they have to put him down, would, no. should I... Is it too much if I said, Dan, I just want to come up and see him first before he goes? And she said, no, if that's what you want to do. And I said, you know, there's human beings I haven't done that for. Lots. But him, there would, there would just be something where I just want to pet him one more time and kiss his forehead one more time. You know? yeah. But anyway, he seems to have recovered. So that's off the table. Well, yeah, I, I, you know, I was concerned. I mean, I'm not as close to Cliff as you, but I, I love him. You know, he le- he's one of Stan's mm-hmm. buddies. And I called Dan a couple times last week, checking in on mm-hmm. Clifford, because as you say, you know, I'm part of it, too, is I started thinking about, you know, Stan, who's going to be 10, mu- uh, 10 years old in March. Mm-hmm. And for yeah. Terriers, you know, 10 to 12, 13 years old, at, you know, I started thinking, you know, what what would my life be without my Stan? Um but yeah, he seems to be on the men. Dan, of course, was telling me. Maybe we've mentioned this, but the vet. Don't get. Oh, by the way, did Dan tell you he's been corresponding with the Ontario Veterinarians Association? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Something he didn't like? Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's how he started his visit with me the other day. He says, "Oh yes, well, I've been corresponding with the president of the blah blah blah." And I'm like, "Of What's course." What's the issue? Well, I. Well, you know what the issue is? Dan is taking issue, and he can maybe explain this better, but mm. they are privatizing or big corporations oh. are buying up a lot of the veterinarian clinics, the independent ones, so that Dan was trying to negotiate a price, and their response was, well, we don't no- negotiate prices because we're owned by a conglomerate, and these prices are set. Okay, fair. You know, not that I've ever tried to negotiate with my vet. Oh, could you make that treatment a little cheaper? But, you know, why not try so, yeah. So Dad was telling me that that vet had prescribed this special canned dog food that right, Clifford right. loves. Of course, he does. Same with Stan, because you think about it, their diets mostly are kibble. So the odd time I've had to buy this stuff, it's like crack for dogs. As soon as I start to open it up, he's freaking right. out. So Dan's having it. These are four dollars a can, and he's got to give Cliff two of them a day. So that's Dan's big beef with this. Well, what's the beef? Well, that is too expensive. Oh no, that's that's uh, ir- that's r- irrespective. That's r- irregardless. I can never remember. Them. It's aside from the veterinarian association phone calls. But he's also right. bummed out. He's also a bit picked by the fact that the dog food's expensive. So, oh, okay. So that's eight. That's eight dollars a day times seven. Yeah, that's sixty. That's so. Yeah, feeding your dog two to three hundred dollars a month. Wow. But the thing is, they don't have to be on it for too long, I guess. Because when I've had that stuff from for Stan, it's usually give this to them for a week until their stomachs settle down. In his case, he's had some trouble with his diet. Um, uh, yeah, again, those things I have a tough time with because with Dan, it always comes back to you know, as a voice artist, you know. Uh, 
you know, does he negotiate the price? Maybe on some level, but, you know, when <laughs> he was in his heyday, the, if, you know, if he wanted double scale and they said, no, we only want to give you a single, what, what was his reaction then? Yeah. Did, when he said no, did somebody call the Association of Voiceover Guys and complain? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm laughing, too, because that is so Dan. But, you know, Dan's career is now at the point where he, he's sharing the dog <laughs> <laughs> hey Cliff, give me hey, some Cliff, of that. Let me have some of that special food. Yeah. If it's four bucks a can, I'm eating some. <laughs> that's right. And the way Dan eats, that's all he needs. He needs one can twice a day. <laughs> oh my God, is Dan texting me? I got to see. Um, when I uh, growing up, I had a, my dog Barney. Barney. We used to give her. We we fed her. You know, it wasn't dry food back then. It was. We used to give her Romar ninety. And I remember the smell of that dog food when you'd open it. It was just not good. Yeah. Well, I, I remember feeding dogs. It was dogs. probably about 20 cents a can, too, at the time. Remember Dr. Ballard's? Mm-hmm. Oh, Dr. Right. Ballard's? Yes. And, and, and I remember opening those cans, and it was whatever. As you just said, the smell was just awful. Yeah, yeah. And then when I moved away from home, and I remember first shopping for things like, you know, beefaroni and things like that, and that... It always reminded me of that. Mm-hmm. Same consistency. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I'm not mm-hmm. saying Chef Boyardee doesn't do great work. They do. Um, quickly, this before McCown gets here, I, I got a couple things I want to run by him, and I'm sure you do as well. So uh, we'll talk to him uh, about some sports stuff and see how his podcast is doing. Rachel turned me on to a new show last night. I had heard of it. The uh, comedian and uh, comic actor Danny McBride, and some of you guys know him from Eastbound and Down, which was one of my favorite shows. He's kind of a, in that Will mm-hmm. Ferrell strata. You know, he's they all sort of do their each other's movies. Anyway, this this show is called The uh, Righteous Gemstones, and it's about a, a, a wealthy preacher family. You know, that classic, you know, the... Mm-hmm. The Copelands, and they all have houses and private jets, but it's really funny. And P- Danny McBride, John Goodman from uh, Roseanne, mm-hmm. uh, a great cast, and and it's just really they make fun of religion, and, and it's just fantastic. And we watched three episodes last night. I've been kind of waiting for something like this because, to be honest with you, I started watching Succession and. It's fine, you know. It's, it doesn't. I can't. It's one of those shows where, like, if I have an hour to kill I'll watch it but I'm not looking forward to you know some stuff that you binge watch you know during the day you're thinking about it like oh I can't wait till it's succession time mm-hmm. but the royal, uh, the righteous gemstones I think if anyone's looking for uh, it's on Crave it's on the real Crave not the uh, fake Crave but I think you'd like it it's really it's, it's whacked it's just sort of funny and there's lots of funny characters and they're doing crazy shit and uh, yeah you'll like it Add that to the list. The last couple of nights, we've been watching 1883, which is the prequel to, uh, is that the word, prequel? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to um, Yellowstone. That's all right. I don't know. You know. You know, you're amongst about five people I know that, you know, liked Yellowstone or, you know, some people I know love it. And I just, I don't know. Maybe I should try it well, again. Well, I'm like you. I burned too, and you know, I was you know that this Dexter thing over the holidays. I watched it, and a lot of people told me after uh, the, the John Lithgow uh, season. Yeah, it's the best season. Number four, it sort of falls off the table, and I I sort of agree. Two aspects of that show that 
you know, and listen, I sound like a dinosaur here because the show's so old, but I'm just giving my perspective. I got tired of his sister, Deb, falling in love with crazy guys. Like, yeah. every, like, that, that was a bit much. Like, you know, falling in love and being rejected and screwed around by all these guys. Like, every series, come on, or every season. And then, you know, I'm not big with the ghost concept. Um, and it seemed to me progressively through that series, more and more his dad's there talking to mm-hmm. him. No, I, I know. Don't, I don't like that. That concept I just don't like, so I'm done with it. Well, you know, just quickly, because McCown is getting ready here. Um, you know, like, if a movie's successful and they make a sequel, mm-hmm. in every sequel they put in elements from the first movie that made it successful. Right. Yeah. So series are like that. You know, yeah. and the reason by episode, by season four of, I think, most series, like I was the same with Dexter, it sort of peaked with that Lithgow um, story arc, but the sister, crazy boyfriends and the ghost, it becomes, they just start leaning more and more on those yeah. things because they're just churning them out at a furious rate. Right. Um, I don't think we'll have time for this succession. Uh, Brian uh, Cox from the series Succession made a cameo for I guess I, I'm not sure whose wife uh, I guess it was Edward Rogers wife got a cameo video from Brian Cox did you see this or hear about it no no so just before McCowan signs on here's Brian Cox talking sending his video congratulating him for appointing Tony Stefari as the company's new CEO and this will tie in well with uh, McCowan because mm-hmm. he's a, he loves Rogers here listen to this <laughs> So here's Brian Cox in a second. It takes a minute to to get to that part. But listen to what he says. Edward, this is from Suzanne. Congratulations on your real-life succession at Rogers Communications. And also having Joe Natale to fuck the fuck off. (laughs) Well done, Edward. (laughs) So he replaces Joe Natale, and here's the guy from Succession. Succession at Rogers Communications. And also having Joe Natale... To fuck the fuck off. Well done, Edward. Well, there you go. You know, what do they say? Truth is stranger than fiction. Would she pay for that, I wonder? Well, I'm sure she can afford it. Speaking of uh, stranger than fiction, McCown, are you going to turn your uh, camera on or you don't want us? Do you not want us to see what you look like? Are you looking that bad these days? <laughs> I turned it on. What do you want? <laughs> oh, look. Hey, Grumpy Pants is here. <laughs> My two favorite idiots. <laughs> that didn't take long. Yesterday at the yeah. end of the show, I said, yeah, McCowan's going to come on. The first thing is, hey, what are you two f- idiots doing? <laughs> I'll tell you what well, we're Well, now we know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> look at you and your... How many... Look at that rec Look room. at what? Look at the room you're in. It's beautiful. Yeah, the last time we talked, you said you were going to move. It looks like you moved. Now, are you uh, in the North Bob House or the South Bob House? Oh, no, this is the South. Oh, okay. Winter, winter nice. time. Okay, nice. You know, I, don't, I don't go north of Lawrence in, um, in the months of uh, <laughs> these months. Yeah, no kidding, man. Um, well, I don't think anybody needs to, you know, there's no huge fancy introduction. It's Bob McCown. What do you people want from us? We got God. We got Bob McCown on uh, on our show. You may remember years ago. Oh, podcast. Now he's the king of podcasting. Is on serious radio. We should talk about that. How do you like those knuckleheads? <laughs> I haven't met one of them. Yeah, it's okay. Which is why I'm still there. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I, so, I, they don't call. I don't talk to them. Nothing. No. 
Maybe like, I don't, mind, I don't mind people being afraid of me close up, but afraid from a distance is, is getting a little terrifying. Mm-hmm. No, I get it, man. So, so uh, how long? So uh, several months out now since doing it. Uh, what are your thoughts on podcasting, the reaction, the marketability, all those things? The hell do I know, Freddie? Mm-hmm. Jesus. I mean, I do what I do. You know, mm-hmm. it, this is just a different format, you know, a different, you know, I can see you guys. We rarely, when we did the radio show, even though it was on television, we rarely used Zoom. Mm-hmm. Right. Or um, Skype. Skype was what we used. That's right. Thank you. Humble. Mm-hmm. We rarely did it. And I think it was just because Rogers was cheap. I don't think it was because, like, technologically, this is beautiful. I mean, you know, you can, not only can you see somebody, even though they're not sitting right across from you, but the quality of uh, of the broadcast is significantly better than some guy on a cell phone, you know, right. going through the, 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 the Lincoln Tunnel or something, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> Right, right. Oh, oh, we've lost them. Um, uh, off the top there, did you hear what Howard played the Rogers thing, uh, that message from the guy? You Did you hear it? Yeah, I heard it. Okay. Um, this is a good segue because the other day I'm listening to a podcast and I heard uh, Greg Brady on this podcast. I remember him. And he said uh, at his time at Rogers, which he had some problems with, obviously, he said one thing that bothered him more than anything else is the way that Bob McCowan's departure was handled. It drove him crazy, and uh, again, it bothered him. Your well, thoughts I don't know why on I would. Huh? It was handled exactly the way I wanted it. Was it, eh? Yeah, they okay. came to me and said, do you want to, you know, what do you want? Do you want a fanfare or, you know, a week's thing and whatever? I said, no, you're firing me. Why would you honor me? <laughs> <laughs> like... It's one thing or the other. Either you want me, you like me, you think I'm doing a good job, in which case, if you want to honor me, great. Mm -hmm. You're firing my ass. Now, you're going to pay me for 18 months not to be on radio. Mm -hmm. But now you want to honor me? And I told him to, you know what? Yeah. Which Um, I could say here, but I won't. It's okay. You know, I I, want to just get just jump back to what Bob was saying about the efficacy of this technology, etc. I was just looking at the three of us. You know, uh, we were doing a pretty big morning show in Toronto for a long time. Bob McCown, of course, uh, pioneering in sports talk radio across the country. I just wondered when when, when you were talking about that, Bob, if the three of us, let's just say for the sake of the argument that for the last 22 months, we had been doing this stuff in this form. And still working at a radio station. We were still employed. Would any of us ever want to go back to a building in a some part of the city where we had to sit in a studio? Because I'll tell you the truth, Bob. We've done this show now on Zoom uh, pretty much uh, almost two years. And I know Freddie and I have gotten so comfortable doing it that if even if we were working for Chorus or Rogers again, I don't think he and I would want to go back to a studio. What about you? Well, that's, you know, what's interesting about that is I went out to dinner last night and I know you're not supposed to be able to go to dinner last night, but I found a place where, um, where they have a patio. Yeah. Yeah. The indoor outdoor patio. Yeah. It's the stupidest thing. It's so fucking dumb. You you can't go inside, but but, you can go inside this tent completely surrounded by plastic. Yeah. And cold. Yeah. Well, now maybe COVID won't or will dissolve when it when it hits plastic sure it does you know maybe that's the technology they've discovered that we don't know about <laughs> mm-hmm. that you're perfectly safe inside a plastic bubble with, with, but a, with, a, with a propane heater 
It's like a door opening. Inside, they've got the most amazing heaters. I not only took off my winter jacket, I damn near took off all my clothes because I was so damn hot. Fun. Mm -hmm. And sat and ate. So we're sitting there, and they have these plastic barriers between all the tables, too, which we've all kind of become accustomed to. And there's three guys on one side and four guys on the other side. And the whole night, all they're doing is chirping at me. Hey, Bobcat, we miss you, blah, 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 all this, you know, and I, you're very appreciative of all, all that kind of stuff. And both tables asked me at one point during the evening what you just asked me. So would you go back to radio if, you know, and I honestly don't know the answer to that question. I mean, um, but I'm not asking if you'd go back to radio, but let's say we were in radio now. Would you ever want to go back to a bricks and mortar building? Because coming down and doing the show from your luxurious rec room there is I'll tell you two things. We've gotten guests. For instance, if we were still doing the show in this studio, there's no way you're coming down from where you live to Queensway and Islington. But to come downstairs in your house, Freddie will tell you, man, we have gotten more guests easier because to just sit in front of your computer in your study yeah i'll do the humble and fred show because i'll tell you i know i i'm so lucky to be able to do this and he and i have figured out a way to do it i can't imagine you'd ever want to go back and sit in that studio at rogers I, there's some merit in what you say um i will say this that there is an adrenaline rush when you walk into the studio and into the building that I don't get here. Fair enough. I mean, you know, I could, we all three, the three of us could be sitting here with no pants on and um, no one would know. And, um, but to go into the building, not only you get to see people, you get to see the, the people around. Hi, how are you? You know, that kind of stuff. I think you guys know that when Nelson Millman was the program director at the fan for all those years, I used to go in and every damn day would sit in his office put my feet up on his desk and he and i would just shoot the shit Mm -hmm. for about 10 or 15 minutes Mm -hmm. and and then you know 359 i would wander over towards the studio and try not to get there one second too soon Mm -hmm. and usually was successful at that and i miss that Mm -hmm. so there are things about that i miss that social interaction um but in terms of i don't have to like you guys used to take me 30 minutes or so to drive down there. Then I'd have a hassle with the parking. Then the elevators would be full. And then, you know, there'd always be mm-hmm. some stress. Mm-hmm. Well, I have none now. Yeah. I walk down the stairs and hit a button like I did this morning, and here we are. So, look, I get it. Um, I guess the question is, as now that this technology has reached where it has, will anybody be going into studios? Or at what point? Well, Freddie, you've got friends uh, that still have, you know, isn't your one of your best friend's uh, wives, you know, as a broadcaster. Are they ever going back to the studio? Well, she went back. Lori well, went did? back for a while, but now she's, most of the Bell stations, the uh, guys are working from home. But that that's a, a good point, Bob, because, you know, when you talk about these companies always trying to save money, too. I mean, they must be salivating sometimes thinking, what, maybe eventually we don't have to have studios. Everybody can work from their home and we just have to hook them up with some wires. And I've even thought that about over-the-air broadcasting, what it costs a lot of these radio stations to have transmitters 
they're almost not needed anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not going to be long before they're all going to be pushing to be strictly uh, digital, like, you know, uh, Internet. Yeah, you get into the technology shit, and I don't know anything. Yeah. I mean, all right, hang on. But, Just but hold, I don't disagree. Hold mm-hmm. that thought for a second. You said all three of us could be sitting here not wearing pants, but as luck would have it, Freddie and I are wearing pants from Dewar, D-U-E-R dot C-A. Watch this magic happen, McCowan. If you're looking for the world's most comfortable pants, we can point you in the right direction. These are designed for movers. Pants are built with technical design features and tons of stretch. The ones I'm wearing, I'm in that stage of the pandemic where I'm literally wearing the same pants every day. But the pants I'm wearing are fleece-lined, stretchy denim for old guys like me, but they also look great. If you want a pair, go to Dewar, D-U-E-R dot C-A. Put in the promo code humble and fred 15 for 15 percent off checkout doer the world's most comfortable pants and bob mccown is the gig sky guest of the day today the gig sky travel rewards program uh yeah it's new uh go to the gig sky app or sign into your account at gigsky.com to check it out all the details are there all gig sky data plans prepaid with no contracts or recurring fees you get what you pay for and your service is never ever throttled which is very important Download the GeekSky app today. Enter code HF2021 for $5 off your first plan or visit GeekSky.com for more information. And don't forget, GeekSky now offering mobile data while flying when traveling on selected airlines and routes. You get mobile data. Go to GeekSky.com slash Aeromobile for that. GeekSky.com. Uh, McCown, along with uh, John Shannon, uh, does a nice podcast and he's on SiriusXM and uh, isn't that wonderful? It's an interesting time for athletes. Athletes. I think the uh, last couple of years has exposed a lot of things, whether it's sports or entertainment. News, of course, is bizarre. But in the world of sports, things like Aaron Rodgers and Novan Djokovic or whatever his name is, Novax Djokovic. Close enough. Whatever. What do you think of the, the – and the guy from the Bills who won't get vaccinated? Because what we've seen is sports and politics – have never been more in intertwined because the politics of the vaccination and the virus has exposed a lot of things in all of us. What, what's your take on that? Well, stupidity knows no bounds. That's yeah. what, it, what it means to me. Um, we know that only 62% of Americans um, have um, got, the, uh, got the, uh, the shots, which is a stunningly low number. Mm-hmm. But as an American, I, I understand probably better than most Canadians, maybe not, how stupid Americans generally are, how stubborn they are, um, how politically committed they are, how easily, you know, dragged by the nose into a way of thinking they are. And um, I mean, we, you know, who the hell knows we, we, this? We may we may have this virus around the rest of our lives. Um, and at some point, the 38 percent that haven't been vaccinated are going to get killed by this. And if, if you're okay with that, if you're okay to die of your own free will by your own stupid choice, then it's hard for me to have sympathy for you. I mean, they've got three quarters of a million people are contracting COVID a day mm-hmm. in America, a day. That's what's being reported. It's 10 times that they probably have it. Mm-hmm. Well, you you know, I mean, I've heard that story, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do I know? I think I think you're probably right. I don't know if it's 10 times, but it's some multiple of that. 
Um, I may have had it in December. I got a cold. I didn't lose my sense of taste or smell, um, but I got kind of a head cold and achiness and all this other symptoms that you would expect. Not severe, but felt like crap for two weeks. And I'm 100% fine now. Now, did I go get a COVID test to see if I've got it? What's the point? You know, I'm, I've, I've registered for my third shot. Um, I'm doing all the things, you know, you're supposed to do during this. But I'm not losing my mind. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I just I don't get it. Now, I, well, and at, the, at the end of this rant, I forget what your question was. Well, no, I was no, just no. saying about sports and politics. Go ahead, Fred. No, I was just going to say, you know, the reason really that you were in a tent last night eating your dinner is because of unvaccinated people. If everyone got vaccinated, we wouldn't be in the position where you have to have tents outside to eat your dinner. Although you have to have a, you have to have a COVID test to get into the tent. No, I sure, know, but, but, yeah, but still, the very fact that it's you know you can't be inside and outside, it's because of well, the yeah, because of the unvaccinated people right. who yeah. are spreading this thing. You know, and yeah. I had a co- my conversation with my son yesterday. He's thirty five years old, and you know he lives downtown. How frustrated he is! He said, "You know, Dan, I love living downtown. I can't do anything because of unvaccinated people." It's it's aggravating. And and you talk about stupidity. Yeah. Like the whole Aaron Rodgers thing. I mean, quoting Joe Rogan as a source, it goes on and on and on. Well, I saw an interview with Fauci. I mean, how can you not see another oh, Rand Paul thing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was he he said, and I think this is a couple of days ago. He said, everybody's going to get it. Mm-hmm. Every single person on the planet is going to get COVID at some point. And you might as well just accept that. And the truth of the matter is that when you get it, your immune system does build up defenses. Mm-hmm. It's no different than getting the shot, which is essentially um, the COVID. Um, they, they literally put it in your arm. Well, that's what, but that's what Novak Novak is saying. Basically, saying I had it in December, so I'm fine. But what you said about about stupid people. Listen, for about four years, I traveled all across the states in the '80s, and I was doing stand up. And I remember coming back and talking to one of my friends, and I said, "You know, there's a lot of stupid people down there. When we have stupid people here in Canada, it's just that there's a lot more of them because of the population. (laughs) You know, and 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 it's it made me think of this uh, this quote, and it's attributed to Twain, but that's in dispute. But the, the quote is, "It's easy." to fool people than to convince them they've been fooled and that's why those 32 percent they may never get vaccinated because then they'd have because they would have to say oh i've been fooled and now in, in order not to die i have to have to admit that so that's never going to happen it's eventually going to get all the people that aren't vaccinated maybe well we've got well 38 percent of america has is not been vaccinated and what is it about 18 19 percent of canada Ish. Something like that. We're a little over 80%, aren't we? I thought we were closer to 90, but it's somewhere. Oh, are we now? Yep. Oh, well, good for us. Mm -hmm. Uh, But guess what? We still have how many? 75, 100,000 people a day getting it. Absolutely. But but we're not dying from it. We're not filling up uh, hospital beds. We're not, you know, we're not on life support systems. We're getting sick. It helps build our immune system so that we're protected, hopefully, for the next time. And, well, we're, we're not expiring. Yeah. yeah. Which is good. Uh, n- can't get rid of the, the common cold. Can't get rid of the flu. Mm-hmm. We never worried about those things. Exactly. Now, now we, have the, we have this. It doesn't have to kill you. It'll make you a little bit sick, but it doesn't have to kill you. All you got to do is, you know, go get a couple shots in your arm. 
Um, What's that big that, a deal? That Novak Djokovic uh, yesterday, um, he admitted, you know, this thing gets deeper and deeper, that he knew he had it in December and still did interviews. He is unmasked. a lion scumbag. I know. And still did interviews unmasked. And the reason I bring him up or Aaron Rodgers, you know, these guys, these athletes are held up in pretty hard, uh, high regard and, you know, worshipped on many levels in their countries and influencers. Yeah. And it's do they have a certain responsibility? I guess. But when you a guy like that, that is so, you know, again, worship, especially in his own country, admits that he had it, knew it and did interviews without a mask on. What does that say to everybody else? Well, I didn't like Djokovic before. I thought he was an Mm a-hole. I mean, he's done a whole bunch of things over the course of his career to make him unlikable, not the least of which was um, almost impaling that that, um, line judge Mm -hmm. with the ball, uh, which he, I mean, he paid a very small price for that. You know, what if perhaps the most beloved tennis player in the world, Federer, had done what Djokovic has done? in terms of saying, I'm not going to get vaccinated and I want to play even though I'm not vaccinated and I'm not wearing a mask and I'm going to lie about whether I did or I didn't. And and I mean, the guy went to a public event after he knew he he contracted COVID. He was COVID positive, allegedly. What if Federer does that? Doesn't your view of Federer change dramatically overnight? Absolutely. Mm Like, Djokovic was an a-hole before all this happened. So this is just piling on. It's this pi- is yeah. just he didn't have crap. a legacy really to protect the same way that Federer and other beloved athletes do. Exactly. Now, how would you feel about Federer? Like, Federer's my favorite tennis player to watch play. I'm going to root for Federer no matter who he plays. Probably including, well, I don't know about the Canadians, but um, how would you feel about him? I mean, your opinion changes a bit, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, my opinion changed of Aaron Rodgers. Like, he was never my favorite quarterback, but I always admired him and thought, wow, look what he's done with uh, the Yeah, You know, and, 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 you know, that whole Joe Rogan thing in his stance. Now I want him to lose. Every time I see the Packers, I want them to lose. And what so, an, I'm Freddie, what an inconvenient, you know, uh, thing of publicity, whatever you want to call it for the, for the league, because it's the current MVP. Yeah. Like, what does that say? Well, how does the NFL, you know, sort of align with that? They're like, this is one of our marquee guys, and he's influencing a lot of people in that 38% of not being vaccinated. A lot of them are going, well, Aaron Rodgers didn't do it, and he's a football player. Well, you know, it's sad to say, but um, I, I'm not going to suggest for a second that high-profile people haven't succumbed to this disease. But who's the highest profile person that we know who has faced COVID and lost that battle? Hmm. I'm asking you guys. Um, maybe. Uh, like, I don't want to talk about somebody who's 85 or 90 years old. Who's I was going to say, well, their, Betty their White, immune, but that's, that's it. No. Yeah. Their immune system <laughs> sure. is, you know, what So it what is. are you asking? Who is the highest profile person we know that's succumbed to, to COVID? Well, I don't know if this, you know, you, you mentioned the age, like uh, Ben Carson. Didn't he die, the American politician again, who was, an, you know, who was right on the Trump side? And There's lots of anti-vax high-profile yeah. guys that have died. Yeah. A lot of, uh, but what are you getting at, Bob? Mm-hmm. Well, no, I just think if there was a higher profile oh, mean, yes. public person or a, mm-hmm. a, a handful of high-profile right. public people. Like if Sean, Hannity, their life, if Sean Hannity dies of COVID, 
which I pray to Jesus every day. No, I'm just kidding. But if he dies of COVID, that would send a message. If he would admit, hey, I have COVID, I made a mistake, but none of them are going to do that. (laughs) Well, that's my point, though. Oh, okay. My point is, you know, you got 1,500 people a day still dying. Um, Millions have died from it. And yet what we, unfortunately, in our society today, focus only on are those high-profile people. Yeah. That's who we read about. If you 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 put on you, you turn your phone on, you're, mm-hmm. you're on whether you're on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or wherever you are, wherever you get your news, it's the same circle of high profile people that we see, read about, talk about every day. Yeah. And I think we're three reasonably intelligent. Others will argue two and a half um, people. But imagine, you know, Bubba and Skeeter in Paducah, Kentucky. You know, and they got this telephone thing that they can look things up on. Mm-hmm. You know, what if, what if one of the top country artists, what if somebody high profile dies of it? And that's what hasn't happened to the best of my knowledge. And I, I have no idea how America would react to it, but maybe they'd go, holy shit, perhaps there's something real in this. Well, I think it's a great point, but something you said earlier about it being politicized and all this stuff, but think about this. Donald Trump, and I don't want to get into Trump because we have to wrap up here quickly, but Trump admitted to being vaccinated, and instead of being inspired to get vaccinated, what happened was people either didn't believe him or they turned on him. They they, they just don't seem to want a, a grasp that we're in a, a serious situation and there is a, a way out of it. Well, that's intriguing too, isn't it? Like, yeah. Um, uh, a year ago, on January 6th, um, a million Bubba's and Skeeters went into Washington and tried to stop the certification of the election by invading the Capitol. Donald Trump has come out on numerous. Donald Trump got vaccinated. Yeah. Donald Trump had COVID, got vaccinated, and now has admitted he's had his booster. He has essentially done everything but tell his following to go and get vaccinated. They'll follow him into a crime, yeah. but they won't have a needle stuck in their arm, which only demonstrates the stupidity of Americans. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, one, one of your uh, projects over the years that I really enjoyed was uh, the business of sports. Um, again, I know this is probably not coming back too much work. Goodbye. <laughs> no, I would <laughs> yeah. just ask you, given COVID and what MLSE is going through right now, what's it like in the halls of that business right now? How mu- Exactly how much are they losing? Well, a couple million dollars a night yeah. with every empty arena. Um, now, that's, the, that's revenue. And there's no doubt their profitability will be down. But I, I believe they're still profitable. Even with them, although MLSE, MLSE didn't make as much money as as I think you think and and Howard mm-hmm. thinks. I don't know what you think. Well, do you want to take a guess at what MLSE's profit margin is every year? I think I read this. It's like eighty to ninety million, something yeah. like that. Yeah. No, you're right. I remember reading that. It's a lot thinking, lower than I would have ever. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but their profitability went up after they you know jettisoned your contract. They started mm-hmm. they made a way more money the next year. Come on. Well, no, because they replaced me with um, a bunch of executives that are um, are also <laughs> expensive, but but significantly more stupid. Um, before I let you go, man, I just want to. I can't do anything but cost you money. <laughs> I want to mention a name that uh, the guy that passed away. You know, Fred doesn't watch anywhere near as much golf as I do, and maybe you do as well. But Tim Rosaport passed away right, this guy. week. What a! Did you ever have him on primetime? Yep. 
Yes, we did. Um, at least once, and I, I'm going to guess two or three times. What a sweet guy. I just years. loved him. I thought he was really smart, great writer, great broadcaster. One of those writers that became a good broadcaster, which is rare. Well, I don't watch a lot of the Golf Channel, but uh, when Rosa Fort was on, I always paused because I wanted to listen to what he had to say. Uh, just like and, Bob uh, Saget. Died, entire, or, died young, too. Uh, 60, 66. But like, like, no one seems to have a bad word to say about Saget. And same in the golf world about Rosa Ford. They just, the outpouring of, of whatever has just been sweet. Hey, listen, man, all the best to you. Thanks for checking in with us. We'll talk to you soon, okay? Bob McCowan's podcast is uh, available wherever podcasts are sold. And he's uh, making it happen on Sirius XM every evening. Uh, with the Bob McCowan uh, show. Podcast. Podcast show. Yeah, whatever, yeah, whatever they call whatever it. Whatever they call it. Thanks, man. Thanks, Bob. See ya. Good to see, see ya. ya. Thanks. Thank Bob you. McCowan. What a guy. Look at him hanging out, making things happen. Uh, we'll wait for uh, Dan Duran's news here in a second. Uh, in the meantime... In the meantime, uh, you got something there for me, friend? Yes, uh, the retirement Sherpa, Tim Niblett. He was on the show yesterday, and, uh, you know, we love our Timmy. Uh, he's a portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. If you have an existing uh, portfolio, want someone to have a second look at it, Tim is your guy. If you want to start from scratch, Tim is your guy. Uh, really, just give him a call. Feel him out. You'll like what you hear. Uh, Tim has uh, all the answers. You know, we touched on that yesterday. A lot of these plans out there now that, you know, you don't have a guy, you do it on your own. And uh, the worst part of that is it's actually costing you money. It's proven. The statistics are there. So you might want to think or rethink that. Just give Tim a call and, uh, you know, set the groundwork for your future. He's the Retirement Sherpa at retirementsherpa.ca. When it comes to keeping track of our health, many people are wearing, you know, using these wearable devices and such, special apps and such, but not all of them are created the same. We recommend HealthGage, a monitoring system that hopes to make overburdened healthcare systems more efficient and cost-effective. By now, you've probably checked out the Phoenix, which is what I have on right there. If you want to have a look at it, there it is. You know, the app is great, too. By the way, it's Humble Fred HG for 15% at checkout. They use sensors. You know, I did something last night. I, I checked my blood oxygen level because they talk a lot about in COVID how if your blood ox starts to drop, that's a bad sign. Mm-hmm. And I was saying this to Rachel. I said, you know, I've been hearing about how if you do get sick, you want to make sure that it, if it goes below a certain level, you want to... There's a point where if it, I think if it drops below 95%, you know, you want to get to a hospital. So I thought, I wonder if, if this, how it works on the health gauge. Well, I did it last night, and it's there. You don't need to go get a different device. Blood pressure, blood ox, heart rate, pulse wave velocity, activity level, and calories burned for you new numers. Humble Fred HG for 15% at checkup at healthgauge.com. I'll uh, send Dan Duran a note just because I want to have a little time so he can explain to us why he... uh, There's kind of a cute story because when he was corresponding with the Ontario Veterinarians Association, apparently uh, one of the correspondents said, I guess they recognized him because the the person responding said, is this a professional uh, question or or is this for a personal? Because they knew that Dan Duran was Dan Duran. They were... uh, Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, yeah. They... uh, he still carries the magic. Oh, he's got magic in uh, oh. in uh, in Peterborough for sure. He's you know what? He's Dan Duran famous in Peterborough. 
And so he should be. <laughs> so what? What is the story? Are you? Who are you complaining to? And, and did he recognize you? How did that go? Uh, it's still in progress. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally, totally prepped up on on some of the things that I want to talk about. But here's the thing, because you you touched on this earlier. Yes. My complaint is veterinarian medicine for their consumer has become ridiculously expensive. So just in some of the, like, the, like I don't even know what to do with Clifford yet as far as operations go. I know some things are going to be done. But just in figure, getting, getting him uh, tested and uh, set up with prescriptions and everything else has already cost uh, $800. Mm-hmm. And then there's at least uh, another 3000 on the horizon. And this is sort of end-of-life stuff for a dog, I hate to say, but it's getting closer to the end. And there's more medical issues coming up, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're, if you're uh, trying to find a better cost, a better price to you know, help your dog or cat or whatever along... You're kind of siloed because if you want to get prescriptions from somewhere else, you have to pay uh, like some. Well, the, the one that I'm going to is seventeen dollars to get a prescription outside. So if you wanted to go across the street to another place to get a prescription, you'd have to pay seventeen dollars to get them to write the prescription. And according to their fee guide, it could. I mean, the the Ontario fee guide would go somewhere up to thirty dollars or something for doing that. So now you now they've trapped you for the prescriptions and. The, the whole concept, and then they, they, uh, the, you're talking about new corporations coming into play. They've siloed, you know, they've got the uh, website and the stuff to buy from the website and, and all the things you have to do to, to get your, fet, your pet set up. They recommend and push you there. So now you're in a situation where you don't really know how to move into another place. And how do you go to another place to find out, oh, is this operation going to cost less over there or not? Well, you don't know because you have to go over to the other one, and those vets. Well, then you have to come in for a consultation. That's a you know hundred bucks to talk to the vet to get your your pet assessed over there. So you now now you just so re, basically you randomly select a vet, and you have to go with it because uh, your investment just keeps climbing and climbing, and it costs a lot to sort of move over to another place. That's my complaint. Not- Oh, so that's your problem. So it's not that there aren't any private vets. It's just after being with this one to go to a private vet. Now, you're going to have to pay for an assessment again. Right. And I don't even know if the I mean, like Howard expressed it very well earlier, you uh, are kind of beholden to the corporate line as far as uh, fees go. As a private vet would have a little more flexibility in that regard than a. And and listen, that's not not the biggest issue. I don't even know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. No, but I'll tell you, you're not going to find two more sympathetic ears in terms of dog lovers than he and I. But I will tell you what a lot of people listening who don't have animals are thinking, hey, that's too bad. But. Mm You know, having a dog, cat, or a pet isn't a a right or a you know. You we all chose to do that, knowing that veterinarian medicine isn't you know part of the Canadian healthcare system. And again, I sympathize with you, and uh, and I am. Listen, we all love Cliff, but it is our choice to have. I must. I don't mean to be cold, but it's our choice to have animals, and no, it's, I, their, I, it's I, and I, it's their it's their prerogative to charge what they want to charge for it. Yes, it is. But there's well, how is it not? Well, it's like it's not like a, a no man's land. Well, why is, is listen the same with dentistry? They charge what they want to charge. You go in for a cleaning. What's that? 
<laughs> what? Okay. It's just I know how what often, say. How often <laughs> this man, Dan Duran, when he needs to purchase something, all of a sudden pricing is unfair. It's like outrageous, it's according to Dan. Like, it's veterinarian. It's the park. It's like, you know, I, again, I always get back to the thing. It's like, you know, you as a voiceover actor, you have a price, you know, and... In your heyday, if they didn't pay it, you didn't do it. I mean, unfortunately, that's the situation that we're in. And what Howard said, like, I I don't know what to say. Like, it's very noble what you're doing, but what you want in the end is them to go, you know what, Dan Duran, you're right. We're going to stop doing this and we're going to charge less. Like... It's like it's and and, and just let me finish. And, and again, we love Cliff, and it's sad what mm-hmm. he's going through, what you're going through. But until you were going through this, the Veterinarian Association had no idea how poorly they were running their business. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, 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 and by the way, that has been the situation for 45 years. It used to be this joke we had in our friend group called Dan Duran asking the manager. Yeah, talk to you the manager. Talk to the manager. Well, exactly. And, you know, the sad thing is, you know, when you get a pet nowadays, you you know, at the end, you're facing a financial decision. Yes. And that's what it is more or less with anyone. Uh, and you, you're like that. I was like that with Billy. You're going to be like that with, uh, with Clifford. It, it's not going to be should we do this? It, it's going to be. Is it worth the money? Right. And that's just a sad, sad point. But I say to my daughter who wants another, who wants to get another dog now. You know, the minute you get that dog, you're setting yourself up for disappointment and expense. So think long and hard about it. You know? Hey, Daniel. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Dan. Stuff. No, Dan. I agree with everything you say, except that when, when in, in any situation when you're spending a lot of money on something, when is too much too much? When is when are you being gouged? Well, and is there? Yeah, but is that, you could say that in every industry. Yeah, like, if you want a Tesla, they're one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Is that fair? Yeah. I don't know, but that's what Tesla charges. So if you don't want a Tesla, don't get one. Is yeah, what but I'm you saying. Can go over and get a Volt but, but, or but something, saying, which is a lot cheaper. They're right? not. They're they're only listen. They, it might be expensive. And one of the things you and I talked about, or we, we talked about it on the air, but my vet in Oakville is more expensive than my vet here in the Sketchway. And right. I bet you the vet in Peterborough is less expensive than the guy in the Queensway. I but bet that, you're right. But that's how, that's how commerce works. It's like, you know, what will the area bear? But as Fred said, so in the end, you would like them to not charge as much for their services. That's what you're hoping they'll do. No, I just, I, I'm a little bit more concerned about... Like the uh, the fee guide that is set up by the uh, whoever sets up the fee guide, I don't really, I don't know yet. Yeah, um, is, it's a person it's a, who wants to make money for the corporation. No, but the, <laughs> yeah, but the fee guide for each individual vet is different than yeah. the official fee guide, and that's right. not even you know, it's just hey, here's an idea what we think something should cost. Um, it, you're not behold like no veterinarian is beholden to the fee guide, is what I'm saying. So. Um, but but in dentistry, where it's you know it's huge in um, uh, insurance world, people have all their you know their mm-hmm. dentists are insured by you know your 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 company or whatever whatever plan you're on. Uh, there is a structured fee guide that everybody knows about. You can look at it and see how much. Okay, this is what yeah, what the fee guide beings. is for that. Those yeah, I know. And for, for but human beings are involved in this, and there's a huge emotional attachment to your pet. I, I, I don't know. I just I just don't think the gouging part of it. You shouldn't. They there shouldn't be allowed to create these silos of where once you go into one vet, it's too expensive to move over to another, and there's no real way of doing a cost well, comparison wait, wait, wait a from one to the other. 
but it's not, Dan. You could go up to Bancroft today and find a private vet, and you might have to pay another consultation fee, but in the long run, it might be cheaper, and then you're happy. Listen, I just want to speak to the hypocrisy, and this involves Howard and I, too. Like, I remember 20 years ago. Remember, Howard, it was a... uh, it was a uh, Oktoberfest thing. And remember they asked us, did you guys want to work Thanksgiving weekend on a thing? We said, yeah, pay us 1500 bucks each. Do you remember that? This is like 20 years ago. And we went to this club for 1500 bucks cash each that yep. night. It was We set a price, and they decided whether they wanted to pay it or not. And then you say, how much is too much? Well, when you charge somebody $1,500 to read a 30-second spot and happily take the money, which I'm sure you've done. You know, it's... But so back, how, how do you get upset when somebody else wants to make money? Yeah, and I'll take it back to full circle, yeah. Dan. You know, you, we're, we're, we're on your side, and I did right. something with Stan. In the fir- I, I'm, I'm sure you don't remember this, but I'll remind you. When I got Stan, and this was uh, my third or fourth dog, mm-hmm. I did something I'd never done. I got pet insurance, and I used yeah. it for... It was like, I think, it, I'm going to say... Uh, to 10 to 15 to 20 dollars a month and after a couple of years i thought okay this isn't working for me it's too expensive but i would tell you 20 let's say it's 20 dollars a month which is uh 240 a year so 10 years it's 2400 dollars. and let's say he lived till 12 years old so at another so it's three thousand dollars let's just say it cost me three thousand dollars in pet insurance over his lifetime I don't think it was worth it during his healthy years, but I'll tell you, it's something I wish I'd had now as he's going to get into his expensive years as you're going through. Because I think Dan and I talked the other day, Fred, what is the number? Maybe we talked about it on the show. What is the number that I would pay to keep Stan going? And I'll tell you my number, but you know, everyone has a number. If my vet said to me, you need to give us $5,000 and Stan will have another year of his life absolutely but if they said you give me ten thousand dollars and he might live another six months i don't know and i know he's here right now so cover his ears <laughs> guy but but you know what i mean like we've yeah. all, we're all so i just think those are two things there that pet ins- there is pet insurance just like there's met there's dental insurance and i think everyone has a number what were you gonna say freddie well guys i lived this when billy died she got horribly ill and i took her to the vet and he said, you know, this is a blood uh, problem. Uh, take her out to Guelph, uh, to the big animal university veterinary hospital they have out there. Top notch. So I went out there. When you walk in, the first thing they do is they take your credit card and they put $5,000 on it and they work backwards. Yeah. Okay. So when it got to be 2500 that's when I said, enough. It's, it cost me $2,500 the day she was put down. But again, it was running up and running up, and it got to be 2500 bucks. and then the vet came in and said, I don't know, you know, we could do this and we could do that, but the chances aren't very good, or I don't know what the outcome would be, so I had to shut it down. I made that decision, Yeah, and it was 2500 bucks for me. Okay, so uh-huh. with regards to this conversation about money. By the way, I've also told my kids that. I said, if it gets to be $10,000, keep me <laughs> you're out just That's jettison it. me and uh because i want you to keep the money uh i'm sorry dan please i wanted to i, I wanted to do that cheap joke mm-hmm. over your right. response no I, I get it but here's here's there is such a thing as price gouging yes dan you call and it price gouging so but someone hiring you to do a voiceover might think your fee is price gouging 
Right. And then they wouldn't hire me. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's capitalism at its rawest is like you charge too much against the market. People aren't going to go to you. Right. That's seems as simple as that. But Dan, you could go to a private vet in Bancroft today. Your problem is you'd have to pay another um, um, diagnosis fee or whatever. Oh, okay. Well, that sucks. But you have options. Oh, well, yeah. Okay. I mean, but but I don't know. Like, if I, I'm not going to go to Bancroft. That's like, uh, what, an hour away from where I am right now. Oh, and so it's, it's Clifford just... isn't worth an hour's drive, is what you're saying. No, that's right. Dan doesn't care. <laughs> oh, well, then, of course, it's it's the gas money for oh, Clifford. Hey. And, of course, gas prices are gouging. And, you know, all the... here, Dan, I'll come up <laughs> yeah. today and I'll take him to Bancroft. That's right. <laughs> you know what, Dan? Let me send you let me send you twenty two fifty for the gas you'll spend. Going back and forth to Bancroft. Um, All right. What was it? But before we uh, finish this, and, and, and again, uh, please don't feel like we're ganging up on you. Because honestly, Fred, no. I don't you heard, you know, Fred loves Clifford. I love Clifford. And all three of us, you know, are such, you know, sucks for right. our no, dogs. I, no, I get that. I, I think there's a there's a case to be made for when you're in, involved in an emotional decision. Yeah, of that course. It that it doesn't get to be um, that that. that, that that a structure isn't set up to allow price gouging. That's what I'm, well, I'm, I, I object to. And, and well, you know, in any industry, if you're, you're forced to go with one particular whatever, you know. Well, you know what? Uh, you know what? We need crusaders like you. Exactly. So go crazy. Well, yeah. um, and, Nobody and, complains. Nothing gets. You know, like, I, I wonder, like, if Mike Boone's bike was broken, how much would he pay <laughs> to have, to have the, the bike brought back to life? Uh, Toronto Mike is standing by. We're going to talk about what's happening on the show. He's also got some great audio of uh, Jeremy Hotz talking about my ass. But first, here's Dan Duran. Here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hell of a big wine. The quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchor man, comes. As for credentials, he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang so he don't care And his voice is nice and low my voice is nice and low. Dandoran's News today brought to you by GoDaddy, powering small businesses and entrepreneurs for over 25 years, servicing over 20 million customers worldwide. GoDaddy is where people come to get a domain, create a website, and everything else you need to get your business online. There's no better time than now to get your idea online. With GoDaddy, you can find your domain, easily create your website, and finally bring it to life. With GoDaddy's free and friendly 24-7 phone support, they're also here to help you every step of the way. You can even start your website for free with GoDaddy. No credit cards even required. Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. Frederica. Hey, uh, uh, Saturday evening, yes, in the cold, the Buffalo Bills are playing the New England Patriots. The Bills are a four-point pick, according to Bodog. Uh, the Patriots pay $170 to win. All right, so the Bills favored by four. Whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker or casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment. They've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. Bodog is where to go. And again, your Bills, my Bills, favored by four. And now, comrades, from the uh, heart of communism and socialism... Here is Dan Duran. Power to the dogs. 
The country's most neglected reno is still being neglected. 24 Sussex Drive, the Prime Minister's official residence, is not looking like it's going to get to, to the point of residing Prime Ministers anytime soon. In 2015, Justin Trudeau said no to the old shack and instead moved into Rudeau College. Rideau, Rideau Cottage. Rideau Cottage. Is that right? Rideau? Rideau? Rideau. Rideau. Yeah. Rideau. Rideau. <laughs> some people say Rideau. Some people say Rideau. Yeah, right, yeah. Well, and uh, he's been renoing that instead of the, uh, the official residence. Uh, no money has been allotted to 24 Sussex, and that reno is estimated to cost around $32 million, actually $40 million to tear down and start over. Now, the cottage, that's not really a cottage, it's a 22-room red brick house with 10,000 square feet. And according to the Star, uh, since moving in, he spent $3.6 million on reno. Like painting and a new range and, uh, you know, uh, dusting in the hard-to-reach places, that kind of thing. And then some roofing and paving and, and all of that. So here's my question to you guys. Do you think we need 24 Sussex as an official residence? Can we just move on from that thing? Uh, do we care? Is, should we have a White House kind of uh, experience in Canada? What do you think? Well, I can answer before. I'll quickly tell you. I... I barely even remembered this story i couldn't tell you if you had asked me where is he living i would have said i don't know at the, at the thing at the prime minister's place <laughs> i don't think yeah, it, my point is i don't think it has the same juice as the white house no and i uh, you know and this may take you by surprise but yes i think 24 sussex should be rebuilt and refurbished and i think uh the residence of the prime minister uh, regardless of who it is should be of a certain stature i i just think it's the right thing to do for the country 34 million dollars you know uh, over the next several years that people will be living in it i i i think i'm all in well i don't know but that one takes some of that money that we're spending on renewing a, a place most of us will never visit and it's not like he's living in a yurt he's you know he's got a nice shack <laughs> But let's take some of that, you know, uh, prime minister money and fix Clifford. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Um, Dan, uh, Dan Duran's news brought to you by Canna Cabana. I just have a, a little recommend, Dan. Uh, write this down. I was talking okay. to Andy Palalis the other day. I said, hey, can you give me some, you know, just some ideas? Because, you know, Andy's like a weed sommelier. You know, he just knows all about the differential, you know, the terpenes and the things. So here's something. Uh, if you're looking to go to Canna Cabana today, and you should be. Highland Grove White Lightning and Wagner's Blue Lime Pie are the... (laughs) the Lime Pie. Wagner's Blue Lime Pie and the Soap by Minutes. Uh, These are all Andy from uh, Canna recommends. And of course, the, 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 you know, not only is it great weed, but it's great weed at the lowest prices on cannabis guaranteed across the country, 100 locations. And if you can find a better price, I love this industry. We will not be undersold. If you find a better price anywhere, uh, take it into Canna Cabana. They'll meet that price. Lowest prices guaranteed. That's what it means. Go to CannaCabana.com for more information. Uh, I think we're all up to date. You're finished, right, Freddie? Yeah. Okay. Good. Uh, thank you, Dan Duran. And uh, stick around as Toronto Mike wows us with another uh, fantastic appearance. Our producer, uh, working hard. Man, this has been a big week for me and Mike trying to fix some things. But uh, I certainly appreciate your help and all the uh, behind-the-scenes going-ons, Michael. Remind me, uh, who's the guy who installed the Humble and Fred shitter? Uh, from Smart Reno. What's that guy's name? Uh, Chris. 
No, I'm Emmanuel. sorry. Um, yeah, Chris Emanuel. Chris Emanuel, yeah. Okay. <laughs> send Chris. I know he's got a motorcycle. Send him to 24 Sussex. He'll do it for one third of the price. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Him, yeah. the two Chris's. There's Chris, the uh, you know construction dude, who, and yeah. there's also a Chris, the painter. Sweet Chris, Chris Brown. Chris Brown, that's right. Thanks. Yeah. No, I, I sort of agree with Fred. We should have like a, an official residence, but I honestly couldn't have told you where he was living right now. Mm-hmm. You know, some of us prefer to live in cottages, eh, Dan? It's yeah. True. Um, mm-hmm. I, maybe he likes the vibe. And, you know, mm-hmm. in the long, you know, $3 million opposed to $40 million, I mean, I guess maybe you got yeah. to acknowledge that uh, uh, Justin's uh, budget conscious. These 22 rooms and 10,000 square feet, it's not like, you know. Not cozy. It's not Dan's trailer he's living in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> By the way, Dan, I, I didn't mean to suggest that you were eating the same dog food as Clifford. I just... <laughs> Again, yeah. just trying to I be know. funny, Dan. I know that. I, I by the way, it, yeah. let's just compliment Dan, because Fred brought this up the other day about how, you know, we've been on this Noom thing and we're trying to lose weight. But there's Dan Duran. Look at him. Look how in shape you are, you know, with your big man arms and your chest and such. Look at you. I go for a walk once not, in a while. Dan, you're not just a big wang guy. You're good all, you overall, you have overall oh, well, goodness. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, that's the only time he lifts a weight. <laughs> Jeez, that's my secret. Although, uh, having seen Dan recently, he suffers from the he's starting to suffer from the same malady that I've been suffering for over twenty years now, which is um, ass be gone syndrome. Mm. Yeah. Although yours isn't as bad as mine. With these pants I'm wearing right now, they fit me so well everywhere else except my rear. Looks like I've got a diaper, but. Anyway, is that, some, is that something you can build up with uh, like working I, out? Listen, man, I'm doing, doing squats that? and lunges, and I don't, it's not working. Is that what you need a trainer for? That is what I need a trainer. Right now, is squeezing mm. my my buttocks. Like, there's no way note, you can. No, there's no way you can make that bigger. I'm sorry, Mike. What were you saying on that note? I mean, I'm trying to give you note, the segue. Okay, no, it's brilliant, and I just want to let people know I had an opportunity to speak to Jeremy Hotz last week. That's episode 980 of Toronto Mike. But of course, I open the convo by talking about humble Howard Glassman, our mutual friend. And I have two clips, but since you mentioned your ass, I'd like to play a quick 30 seconds of Jeremy Hotz talking about humble Howard Glassman's ass. That's okay. Oh, but I've seen him in his underpants. He has a really bad ass. <laughs> yeah, he's got. He tells me uh, I haven't like examined him, but he tells me he has no ass. Like I don't know ass. <laughs> he's a Jewish man with no ass. <laughs> I always say, how do you sit on that fucking thing? <laughs> I think I have a great ass because I bike like a crazy man. Like I bike. That's what you all you got to do, or if you walk around a little bit, you have a <laughs> I think he does nothing. He just. I think Glassman just wakes up in the morning and stands, there, and that's how you get an ass like that that is so ridiculous he's funny by the way i I think i read online that a lot of his tour has been postponed but there's one place that the marquee de sad tour is going to continue if you go on jeremy's uh social you'll find out where what else you got there booner i I think it's the aaron Rodgers bar and grill no (laughs) that's right (laughs) it's actually someplace out west fred i just can't remember where it is that's going ahead with but you know they're not as restricted anywhere else again in north america like we are what else you got boone i got one more it's a it's a titch longer but jeremy's funny so i think it's worthwhile so here we go let's go back so the mutual friend is uh i i produce humble and fred's podcast Glassy, <laughs> right? So, okay, yep. tell me a bit. So, I like I was literally at a Zoom with Glassy this morning. What can you tell me about the the humble Howard Glassman stand up days and your interaction? Oh God, Glassy was like uh, out of his mind. 
Glassy was like, uh, he was a good friend of mine, Glassy, back in the days. We were both Yuck Yucks comedians. That's where I started at Yuck Yucks in uh, 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 Toronto, and so did he. Uh, and then he came up, and he was just, uh, he drank. Oh, by Glassman. Is that right? Glassman. Oh, yeah, Glassy could. Glassy could put it. I got him on videotape. Uh, 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 he was staying at my place. I've got him drunk out of his mind, going through the fridge, looking for water. Uh, in his underpants. <laughs> and how long? How long ago are we going back here? This is uh, that must have been, long time ago. Uh, yeah, 20, 20, 20 years ago, twenty five years ago. Yeah, Glassman. So, so uh, show a whole bit about his nipples. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> Thing about men's nipples. Who, who does? Who has that? Even women don't have that. Oh my God. That's He's been uh, proudly sober for six years now. So the uh, the drinking is behind him. So oh, really? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So. Oh, did he? He stop drinking completely? Completely. Like, doesn't yeah, I don't trust people like that. There's something <laughs> wrong with them that they, I'll never have another drink again. And then you look at their eyes, and they're weird. That's all I'm saying. People who stop drinking are like they're they're from another planet, the planet of no alcohol. <laughs> You know, I, that, well, none of that's completely accurate. I've worked with Jeremy uh-huh. back. No, but I worked with Jeremy in the 80s. He doesn't remember. It was like, we were really good buddies. We went on the road a lot together. And he was one of those guys from Toronto, because I didn't start in Toronto. I started in Vancouver. But he was one of those guys that we sort of bonded because, you know, he's similar acts. His act has changed so much. And it reminded me of something we were talking about the other day, Fred, about Seinfeld saying, if you find one thing, just do that thing. And before Jeremy found this character... He was good, but not like he is now. Like this character that he does, Mike, and I think you found that in your interview because I listened yeah, to it. Yeah, you know, he kind of talks like yeah. this. But, but his character can say almost anything now and it seems funny, right? Mm-hmm. Like what he just said now. There's no jokes in it, but it mm-hmm. made me laugh because his character is so... Like, and that's really the secret. Like writing material... And I'll just say this about my act in the 80s. I, I was good on stage, but I really didn't have anything that distinguished me from the other 3,000 Jewish white guys that did stand-up. I, I, I could get, but, and neither did Jeremy, by the way, until he found this character. Because Jeremy during the 80s was just a regular stand-up comic, a little bit outrageous, but this little whiny thing that he figured out, man, it all just came together because the old Jeremy couldn't do 2,000 seat. Um, places. Uh, he just figured it out. Is that a true story about underwear in yep. the fridge and stuff like well, that? Well, no. Actually, the story is, I've told it on the show, I was drunk out of my mind. I came back from the club. He wasn't working that night. I was staying in his place and he had one of the early video cameras and he caught me outside. He was playing around with it and he caught me outside his uh, the place he was staying and I started... I don't know why, but I was kicking the garbage cans. <laughs> Duh. And so that's what it was. I sort of was like pretending to karate kick the garbage cans in front of his house. Anyway. If we could get that video and put it in the uh, Patreon, oh, yeah. patreon.com slash humble and Fred, I bet you it would skyrocket. Yeah. Anyway. But yeah, that was the, the 80s. I hung around a lot with him and Norm McDonald was around. Mike McDonald was around. You know, I opened, it's funny, I didn't say this the other day when we were talking about Bob Saget, but I had done a couple of big theater shows with Howie Mandel, and in the opening, it was myself and a guy from Full House named Dave Coulier. Right. So that's as close as I came to the, the Bob Saget world, was that not only was Saget a stand-up on that show, but so was Uncle, whatever the hell his name was. 
Uh, he's the cut it out guy. Cut it out. And he was uh, rumored to be the inspiration for Alanis Morissette. Yes. Uh, yeah. You ought to know. No, what was the... the to, yeah, it was you ought to know. You ought to know. But yeah, Dave, she was... But anyway, so that's, that was sort of as close as I came. Dan, um, thank you for your contribution. Uh, oh, thank you. By the way, I was going to ask you, uh, did you talk to your brother Steve? Is any, did he have any uh, stories? Uh, Stephen never. We tried to get him on a couple days, but Stephen uh, is going to uh, hang out with his grand. Because Stephen uh, produced a few JFLs with Bob Saget. Just, just sent right. me a note saying he was great. Did you ever work with him, Dan? No, I never did. You know who we'll get on the show though to talk about Bob? We'll get uh, Stu Stone Stu, on yeah, the yeah. show because Stu worked very closely with Bob. Stu, I, I played the uh, rolling with Saget, the Stu Stone thing. That's actually how the first time we ever had Stu on the show. I think even predate, predates you. He Does probably came in with Jamie Kennedy at the uh, yeah, but, but we had Stu Stone on before we'd even sort of were part of the mm-hmm. Toronto mic world. And and is is Stu on the? I'm not mocking it. Is Stu on Toast with Jam? Yeah, Toast is Pandemic Fridays returning with a new name, so it is okay. the same uh, trio. Yes. All right. Well, fan- when does that start? Uh, that starts uh, January 14th for people who are January 20. The- January 27th. One. January 20th is the uh, <laughs> debut toast. It'll be that evening live at uh, live.torontomike.com, and uh, a lot of the Pandemic Friday fans are very excited that Toast is back. As um, as am I. Well, I am. Look at <laughs> um. Uh, today's Bob Saget takeaway, courtesy of Humble Howard, is he was all bloated. He was all bloated. <laughs> well, he oh, was really? Bloated. He was, he look he was bloated. bloated. I agree. You brought. You said it. I thought, yeah, he looks all like bloated. He's not everybody looks like Dan Duran when they're in their sixties. Right? I know. I know. Look at yeah. Look, look at him, Dan Duran. Uh, listen, why don't you just go to the veterinarian clinic and go look at me? I'm Dan Duran. Give me a discount for crying out loud. Yeah. Look, only one part of Dan is bloated right now. Come on now. Uh, next <clears> week <throat> on the show, Toronto Mike. Who will we? Who will we? You made a Dan Duran dick joke. Look at you. Yeah. Come on. Uh, Everybody's getting in on it. Oh yeah. my god, it's ridiculous. In. I'm trying to fit in here. Listen, okay. Dan has to worry about two dogs. He's got the Clifford and. So uh, the SAG Awards just came out and the Oscar nominations are dropping soon and everybody's wondering, like, what movies should we watch? Uh, I know I'm doing this right now. Like, what movies did I miss that are going to be nominated? I want to check out good movies. Terry Hart did all the work for us. She's going to come on Monday and tell us the movies we should watch because they're good. Okay. Hmm. That's Terry Hart. Then on Tuesday, okay, Jeff Lumby is on the program. Uh, You might hear from Jeff uh, the third Tuesday of every month, so you can track this and time it, but uh, his first regular appearance uh, is this coming Tuesday. Jeff Lumsden. And, and I'll just give you a little preview. Jeff and his wife, Julie, have moved to France and they are producing a, they're doing a podcast that will actually live under the Humble and Fred umbrella. And in this first uh, appearance, Jeff's going to tell us this great story about how real estate works in a foreign country. You're not going to believe there's one aspect of it that I still, Rachel and I have been talking about it for a couple of days. It's just unbelievable how real estate closing works there versus how it works here. And that's Tuesday show. Wednesday. Wednesday is our rabbi, Ralph Ben Mergi. Nice. Uh, in his monthly appearance. And then this is very special. Thursday, we have the legend that is Brian Williams on the program. Brian Williams. <laughs> the time he'll be here at eight fifteen a.m. Eastern. Uh, Brian, Brian Williams. Williams, right now, <laughs> right now. Mm-hmm. He was one of those guys, Freddie. When we were doing our little radio show, that when we 
when he came on with us, I, I remember thinking, well, that's pretty cool that we're having Brian Williams on this nonsense festival. Absolutely. And, you know, um, as I, to- I told you, as a kid, I listened to Chum, you know, and they had news, sports, all the thing. Top 40 hit radio, number one in the city. He he was one of the guys that sent a shiver up my spine. Brian Williams, Chum Sports. Absolutely. You know, that was the signature of all the... Uh, of the chum sportscasters, and he was one of them. Not long, because obviously he had bigger uh, things in mind and went on to do it. And now uh, he's retired. Mm-hmm. Now he's retired after 50 years. But one interesting detail, uh, he's very thorough. You know, we have several phone calls to arrange this. This is true about mm-hmm. Brian Williams. Very interesting. He'll call you, and then you have to call him back, all these things. But one thing is, just to warn you, mm-hmm. it's going to be audio only on Thursday. Brian has made an official request that he not have his video on. That's fine. Just giving you a heads up in case you feel like pressuring him. Turn on your video, Brian. All right. Why would that stop? That doesn't sound like me. Stop. Sounds exactly like. Come on, shut your face. Why don't you plug our show on your podcast? How about that? That sounds like. Like I just did with Jeremy (laughs) Hotz. Yes. Oops. God damn it! I hate when you get me. Uh, Dan, do you have the uh, goodbye copy in front of you? I do. Do you want me to read the intro or should yeah, I go do the intro now? Oh, that's also very funny. <laughs> Fuck you both. Fuck you, Dandaran. Fuck you, Toronto Mike. But not you, Fred. You're an angel. And then hold on, because I want to ask you something about uh, Clifford. Okay. okay. You mean on the show or off the show? Yeah. When, when we're done. Oh, okay. Yeah. When we're done. I, I can set aside a room for you. You can spend some time. I just say, two of, two, you know. 50% of you can go fuck yourselves. <laughs> All right. <laughs> the following episode of Humble and Fred is brought to you by Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherper, the Chambers Plan, Health Gauge, Canna Cabana, GoDaddy, and our newest sponsor, Noom. Start building better habits for healthier, long-term results. I'm Dan Duran, but you knew that. And now, here are two pioneers in the field of podcasting and fart humor. It's Humble and Fred. Very funny.